0: Hey, hello everybody. I'm Sam Blum. I'm here alongside my co-host Connor Grossman. This is Calling All Halos. It is a very special edition of Calling All Halos because it is the day after the Angels hired Ron Washington, the legendary Ron Washington, to manage the team. So we've got a lot to talk about. Connor, how are you today? It's also the first edition of the podcast where Shohei Otani has not been a member of the Inc. Los Angeles Angels. I almost said Anaheim Angels, but I was also um top of mind was that you said, Welcome to Calling All Halos and forgot yet again Always of right. Anaheim. Yes, I'm sorry. You know, it's part of it's part of the art of the podcast. If you're able, able to like see the You picture. know, for someone that talks so much about the Angels not being in Los Angeles and actually being in Anaheim, I would appreciate if you could remember a key <laughs> part of our podcast name of Anaheim. I'm gonna I'm going forward, we're only gonna refer to this as calling all halos. Of Anaheim. of Anaheim, you gotta have it pause. That's the whole point. <laughs> it's exactly. Built- no, I'm doing great. Happy November. Um, you've been in Arizona, just I working. live there. Apparently. You you live there, right? That's what you, I joke you, about with people because <laughs> you know, everyone's like, "Oh, how are the playoffs?" I get that like a lot. It's like, "Oh, I was covering the playoffs." I'm like, "Well, I live here now." It's like the one joke I have, you know? Right. You're like the only snowbird that goes from LA to Arizona. <laughs> <Yes>. in <laughs> the like, fall. It was really beautiful <laughs> this week, but I mean, when I was there. For the postseason in the, the NLCS, I was like, oh, this, will, you know, I thought it's the middle of October. I didn't even look at the weather. And then the pilot, as we're landing, says, and the temperature is 103 degrees. <laughs> and I was like, are you I have a sweater on? Like, <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia. <laughs> right, right. And for those unaware, Sam, in October was on the diamondbacks beat, which worked out incredibly well for the diamondbacks, obviously making, making a magical surprising run to the world series. Um, And Sam's making a habit of this because last October you were covering remind me again. Yeah. The Houston Astros. Yeah. Right. That team that also made the world series. So really the question is angels fans, who do you want Sam to be covering next October? Because <laughs> that team is guaranteed to go to the World Series. And if you're not thinking it's going to be the Angels, then I'll go out on a limb right now and say maybe the Rockies. The Rockies. <laughs> yep, I think that's. <laughs> well, you got to cover Otani still. So. Wow! Wow! Little preview for our Otani prediction. So we'll put a pin in that right there. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll go. We'll talk about Otani in this episode, but we're going to start off with um, obviously the big the big news. And that is uh, Ron Washington getting hired by the Angels. Um, now, it has been an interesting process because I think if people follow just kind of news reports and, you know, it was, it was, it was so all over the place. And I, I think for the longest time, I don't think people were even certain you know whose process this. And I'm still not certain whose process this was. Was it Artie Moreno? Was it Perry Manazian? Was it John Carpino? Was it, you know, I've I, I've heard that the Angels have been using kind of some of their old players to uh, guys like Tim Salmon, maybe Chuck Finley, who have been involved in the process in some way. I'm not sure how involved they are in, you know, in the managerial search, but you know, at the, the end of the day, I, it came out with Ron Washington. So whatever, whoever was interviewed, um, it was interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know exactly how many, um, you know, I heard Benji Gill was not interviewed, which I thought was interesting decision because uh, you know, he he was, did so well managing Mexico Um you know, Team Mexico in the World Baseball Classic and and would have been, I thought, you know, a really cool hire there. Um, they, I heard, you know, interviewed maybe some other players, some other former players. I think uh, Tory Hunter came forward and said that he was interviewed at some point. So they came out with Ron Washington. I like the hire. What do you think? I take a step back as a baseball fan and just watch in fascination as the Angels we talked about last episode go back and forth from... Experience manager to rookie manager to experienced manager just the opposite of what they had last time because obviously they fired their former manager for whatever reasons and now they want something different but it's not even just the angels really you zoom out and it's all of baseball right now there's several big managerial openings still around the game on the heels of bruce bocce coming out of retirement winning his fourth world series now all of a sudden you know the experienced veteran manager is back in vogue, whereas you rewind the clock five years ago and Aaron Boone's hired as a first-time manager and Alex Cora's hired as a first-time manager and David Ross and all of these former players are just plucked off trees. I mean, you could look at, you know, in Cleveland, they just hired Stephen Vogt, so they followed that trend line from a few years ago. But they did but the it opposite, seemed- right? They went from Terry Francona, who's a venerated yeah, yeah. You know, legend, and they yeah. were like, do something different. I think yeah. that teams kind of they they they're, they're like let's I think that I think you're right like you're onto something that teams like look at what they just did and want something a little different right I think honestly I think it's just a general life lesson you probably come to learn when you get older that like everything's cyclical what's old is new again what's new becomes old and it just keeps spinning around as it relates to Bron Washington and the Angels like I think it works like I I think it's a safe hire I mean they only sign him to a two year contract which I feel That's like is pretty minimal for any, you know, new manager hire. You really don't see managers sign for less than three years, I feel like. Um, I mean, the Angels are different. I, the I, wasn't <laughs> certain, I wasn't certain if that's like, I think there's probably two different factors in that. Like one, he's 71 years old. So I don't know, like, is he right. going to manage, you know, is, you don't want to give a guy like that five years maybe because you right. don't know if he's going to want to do it for five years. Right. Uh, but then there's the other factor, which we all know about the Angels, which is that they are they are cheap in a lot of ways. They are frugal. And, right. you know, they might. You know, you also look at Perry Manazzi, who's got, as far as I'm aware, one year left on his contract, mm-hmm. and so that might be playing a role in this too. True, um, exactly. Like who, what facts. manager wants to sign up for? We talked about this last episode of the pod. Like, no manager is going to want to sign up for any kind of lengthy deal, knowing that if Perry's out, then they could be as well. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you're talking about a guy that's been a third base coach for seven years and wants a chance. Like it, it, that is, yeah, you know that. Like at the end of the day, he, he'd sign up for one year. It's like Phil Nevin last year. You know, you, you're you're you just want you just want the chair. It doesn't matter if it's the Angels. It doesn't matter if it's you know the worst team in baseball. It doesn't matter if it's the best. It's just like you just want that chance. And I think that's right. that. And then, and then listen, I said I like the hire, and I do. Do I think it's going to solve the Angels' problems? Not a chance. I think that there are ways that he can come in and improve parts of the culture. Not that I think their culture is like failing. I think there's a lot of other parts of the organization that are, I don't think, you know, the players and you know, the way that, you know, that they operate are necessarily the biggest problem here. Um, That being said, I mean, I like the hire because I think that, that, you know, if you're, if there's anybody that can come in and, and, and clean things up and like, get the most out of people it's someone that's done it before like like ron washington who's you know famously in movie in moneyball then movie moneyball like you know like he's like that's what he does right he got scott haddenberg to play first base like you know so like he's a wizard exactly is so mike I, trout is mike trout going to be shortstop next year <laughs> i mean you know i don't know what they're going to do that's you know i think listen you know you're gonna have to come in and and, and deal with these things i think mike trout's obviously you know gonna want to remain in center field and you know, how, how does he how is he gonna come in and, and deal with someone like Anthony Rendon? That is the big one for me. I wrote a story today about it off the Antheathletic.com mm-hmm. about uh, you know, the five biggest challenges that Ron Washington's gonna come come in and have to deal with. And I think getting Anthony Rendon to give a SH star T is important here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's just I think Ron Washington brings some stability and credibility to the position that you know, wasn't there when Phil Nevin was there. And that's not to, like, you know, blame Phil Nevin for the Angels' problems. It's just, you know, Ron Washington's been there, done that. You know, he managed the Rangers for eight years, won 90 games in a row, 90-plus games in uh, four years in a row, it looks like, won a couple A.L. pennants. Like, he's been there, done that. I think it's refreshing for the Angels to have someone in the chair who's been there, done that. As I'm saying these words, I'm like literally Joe Madden was here, like I don't know, a blink of an eye ago, and that didn't go so well. So, yeah, again, here we go with the seesawing. I do think that 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 Joe Madden is a you know like a different type of manager in a lot of ways. Um, now, I think they probably both give players autonomy to some extent, but it's um, you know I don't know Ron Washington that well, right? Like obviously, never yeah. covered him. You know, you just know what you read about about him, and and people just have so many good things to say. Now, I know there's some off-field concerns that have come up over the years with him and obviously he resigned from his position from the with the Rangers a decade ago now. And I think that stuff's a fair question and you know certainly a question I plan on asking when when they have their press conference at some point next week. But you know, I I also think that that he's got a track record here um and that's important. I'd, like you said, I mean, I like Phil Nevin at the end of the day for as solid as I thought he was. And I don't think that it was, you know, I thought he could have come back and and this team wouldn't have been worse off for it. That being said, you know, it's the track record just, well, you know, you didn't have it. So, and I think that's, that's what they were looking for. They wanted someone that's, that's, that's done it. And listen, he went to two world series in a row, you know, he, he was a strike away from being a champion. So, um, and, and also won a world series with the Braves. So there's, there's, there is a, uh you know, there's a long history there that I think will uh, will benefit this team. You know, that being said, you know, there's there's so many other factors that will determine success beyond who's who's in that chair. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it every episode, so we don't need to kind of rehash them. But I think mm-hmm. that the Angels ownership will be smart, would be wise to give this guy the opportunity to do as he sees fit and to not meddle into his, his job as, as a manager. If you want somebody in the chair that's done that, and that 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 you know brings gravitas to the position as he does, then you can't then undermine him insert in the same ways that they are known to do at all points and you know at all turns every day. Totally, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> like you know, go watch the game from the suite. Check right. in for a few weeks. Say totally say the job last night. Like that's what that's what that job should be as an owner, and I hope that's what he does. You know, if they want to see some success uh, on the field. Don't sit around and be like, I'm questioning the bullpen decisions. Don't, you know, bring in, you know, people to, to, you know, spy on them or question them. Like kind of seemed like maybe it's happening in September of this year. You know, I think that's important. Like give this guy the chance to do what he does. If things start to fail, if it doesn't work, I don't think listen. was, I'm not going to blame it on Ron Washington, but I mm-hmm. think then, you know, th- then you can question. It. I think that's maybe why it's a two year deal, but they need to give him the chance to do what he does and see how it plays out. Totally. Totally. And I think every manager, you know, has the right to be scrutinized by his superiors, be it the general manager, president of baseball ops, owner, whoever. But yeah, the Angels track record is a little uh, a little overbearing. And I think with a guy like Ron Washington, who's been in this chair before, has a strong conviction about, you know, how he wants to manage his team. Like, I think he more than deserves the grace and the space to just do it for a little yeah, they hired bit hired him for and, and listen I yeah. think he's fair scrutiny from perry i think would be fair right that's what i'm saying like that's who his superior is in my opinion like yeah. that's that's the person who he has to work with and they have to develop you know that's the way these things go nowadays like they're the ones developing the plans the the way things go every night you know and i think that's that's where the scrutiny is is more than fair ownership is not they you know they own the team they're not baseball people so to speak and i think they've always think that they, they believe that they are and that's the problem but right um that uh in my, in my mind you know you hired him because he can kind of be be the guy that you don't need to look over and, and question all the time so we'll see totally. I, did you have any read from uh angels fans about who they may have wanted as the next manager i mean did they see a former player like uh a Troy Gloss, a Tim Sam and a Tori Hunter and latch on about, you know, that being the guy. Listen, I think when you have, when you hear about old players getting, you know, interviews, uh, I think it is exciting. You hear Darren Erstad, dad, um, you know, Tori Hunter, especially like guys that were really popular. I think, you know, even Benji Gill, I think those guys were, were, you know, were fans were excited about that. That being mm-hmm. said, I think this hires, you know, blown people out of the water. I think people are really happy about it. Um, You know, it's one thing to win on November 8th and 9th or whatever it is. And it's another thing to win all summer. So we'll see what ends up happening. Um, Yeah, there there is one thing that comes to mind always when franchises hire, you know, former or retired icons to manage the team. And I feel like I read this in the context of like the Orioles never hiring Cal Ripken Jr. as manager because you are hired into that job to eventually be fired. In yeah. all likelihood, in that job, and like, do the Orioles ever want to have to fire Cal Ripken Jr.? No, and I don't actually trust that the Angels had the foresight to think like, oh, do we ever really want to fire Torrey Hunter one day? No, I'm sure there are other reasons that look you know... at David Ross. I mean, this guy won the World right. Series. You know, he's like he was one of the most popular players on that team, and right. they had to go completely screw him. The fact that the same thing happened to David Ross that happened to Rick Renteria in 2014 so that they could bring in Joe Madden, you know, seemingly out of nowhere. And now David Ross being dismissed in favor of Craig Council. Like that was that was a lot. Just those two scenarios, all both involving the Cubs. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just something interesting that I specifically have been thinking about myself as the Giants. Um, had their own managerial search. They brought in Bob Melvin, but you better believe there were a ton of fans clamoring for Buster Posey, who's now one of the Giants minority owners to become the manager. And I'm sitting here like, guys, do you want the Giants to have to fire Buster Posey one day? Like that just has messiness written all over it. So you're better off not touching that. It's good when you can hire like a former player that isn't like an icon on like, sure. like Buster Posey. Like those guys are are like, you know, they're Synonymous like anonymous with the yeah, franchise they are the team that they played for in a lot of ways. Right. Like Aaron Boone had a great moment with the Yankees, but he's not like an all time. That's Yankee, true. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. a... same thing with David Ross. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean like, you know, he won a world series, but I don't think he's the, you know, he's not like Mr. Cub, right? Like there's like, right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> he is not Mr. Cub. Exactly. That's correct. <laughs> Now it's uh, yeah, so I think that there's you're right. I think if you hire managers, the former players now, like you know, Darren Erstad's a very popular former player, but uh, you know, Tory yeah. Hunter is similar, like those guys, Benji Gill, like any one of those three, you could yeah. hire. I think. Um, that being said, you know, it's I I like this one. I like the way that I like mm-hmm. the decision they made. I just think now it's it's about putting pieces together. And and listen, there's other parts of what we learned this past week, the GM meetings, that I think will impact, or we tried to learn at least. I don't know what the payroll is going to look like. I don't Mm -hmm. know if, you know, I asked several times, uh, you know, they, I'm sure you were given clear answers always. I mean, Perry's, Mm -hmm. I like Perry, but he, he is very, very good at saying nothing. And he's not like one of those guys that like talks around for that long. He'll just kind of like, I'm not going to say anything like, and then he doesn't, he's friendly about it. Mm -hmm. He'll answer your questions and he won't like say, I got to go or anything like that. Um, which I really respect. And you know, he'll take the questions for the most part. Um, but he won't answer them most of the time <laughs> not with any substance. So you know, I asked about the payroll, and his answer yeah. is, "Well, the ownership really wants to win." That be, I mean, I also know that he's not in an easy position. You know, with the way things went down after this year, I think yeah, very. It seems very clear to me that already took a little bit more of a role in making some decisions after the season ended. His assisted GM Alex Tamman being fired is, or you know. I shouldn't say fired because their official word is that he was mutual parting of ways or whatever they decide to say. That but, sounds nice. Yeah. But Alex Tamman no longer being with the team is to me, a clear indicator of decisions being made above Perry. At least that's my perception of things. Um, and uh, you know, I don't even, I asked him if they're going to hire an assistant GM and he's like, well, I don't know. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I at least somebody saw somebody tweet this. I'm not certain if it's accurate. But I think, like, the Giants are the only team that has one assistant GM and, like, every other team has, like, multiple. Wow. And the Angels are, like, possibly going to go ahead with zero. And no president, by the way. So it would just be Perry and, like, you know, some of his lieutenants. I'm imagining Perry in a room with a bunch of interns, like, (laughs) calling calling other teams on, like, July 31st, asking, you know, if uh, all sorts of trade chips are available. I don't know. There's a lot of things that these front offices have to do. You know, you, there's a lot of stuff you're like you're like weighing and balancing and and right. know, tabs on and make you know you it's not you gotta right. have other people. Yeah, we've got Chad, a junior at USC, deciding who the deciding who the Angels should pick up on waivers. Yeah, <laughs> he's in his sophomore year. Right, exactly. Studying with his sports <laughs> management degree. Every every guy on waivers says, perish. we get this guy." <laughs> All right. I got him on my fantasy team. I really, I've really been liking what he's been doing the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, that's this the angel. I mean, I, I, are they hiring interns? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's like, there's a small operation. We wrote about it. I wrote all the story, about it. it's small. They are small. They do things. All right, they're a little like a boutique operation. And there's something charming about that when you're like selling flowers on Main Street in a small town. But when you're one of 30 major league franchises, I think you want to uh, be a little more bonafide. Yep. Yep. I, d- I totally agree with that one. Um, so yeah, I mean that I think when you when you take a step back and you look at all the things that will go into success, yeah. I like the hire for Ron Washington, but we've yep. talked about this many times. I don't. I, I think that there's so much more that needs to be done, and and I'm not going to pick them to win games uh, no matter who they. Sign. If you, get, that's right, that's right. We've talked about this. Promise if you if you get the first pick, or sorry, if you get the first question at his press conference, what uh what would you ask? Ask Ron. Yeah. Oh man, you know it's, the first question is it won't go to me. It'll probably go to Bali. Uh So I want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, are you just simply wondering like why he why he took this job? I mean, like listen, I think that there are a couple questions I have, which is one the two year contract. You know, what like yeah. I, I'm I'm curious like what it meant means to him just to get another opportunity personally. Yeah. You know, you want to learn about the guy. I think that's important too. You want to, you know, you know, I mean I've I've other questions about why he left the Rangers. Like you know I have questions about you know the processes he's gone through in, in other job searches possibly and why he hasn't gotten a job in, in the last decade as a manager. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think those are very fair questions, but I mean, you'd start off with just kind of getting a sense of what this means to him. um, And um, you know, what, like what, what, what does he think success looks like in Anaheim? Like, does he think that it's, it's possible to win here? And, and, and did he have any conversations with Perry, with Artie, with whoever he spoke with? you know, about he, he doing what needs to be done in order to win. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think when you when you sign a guy that is kind of, in you uh, know, willing to take any kind of managerial job, I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but, you know, I think that's kind of what is assumed when you're trying to get a job for a decade and you're 71 years old and you just want an opportunity to manage. Like, does he have the leverage to say, I want these things? You know, does, does yeah. I think that's fair. And I think that's something to to be curious about if you're an Angels fan Is is he going to be given the resources to win? And um, does he know what this roster is going to look like? I mean, I just, the, totally. the I don't know what they're, how they're going to spend. I don't know how they're going to like try to build a roster for this upcoming season. I'm certain. Right. I mean, especially after they re-sign Otani, it's really just going to be, who else can they fill around him? Exactly. Yeah. Who else Who else can they fill around him? It's because it'd be, you know, you're going to have Otani DH. I mean, is, is Trout going to be able to play center field every day? I'm joking. Well, I don't think Otani's going to resign with the angels. Yeah. What's been, what's the buzz? What's the latest about Otani, Sam? I know you've got, you know, big updates. Yeah. It is. Nobody knows anything. If you if you like look around, everyone's writing articles about like what's me, but there's nothing. The big question I have is what surgery did he get? don't Mm. know what surgery he got. Fascinating to me. I think it's Tommy John maybe, but, but his agent won't say they won't say. So I'm curious what the surgery is. I, 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 you know, I don't want to be the guy that says this, but like, I think the angels could be, could be savvy if they don't get him. I think that there's a, there's a, a window to be successful without him. And, um, that involves spending to the same level that is, you know, required to, to win that they've always, you know, that they did last year at least, but just on, on other players and on pieces that can, you know, fill in the right. gaps. Right. Do you want a Lamborghini or do you want like three Range Rovers? You know? Yeah. I think that's kind of a great way to put it. Um, so we'll you know we'll see I, uh, everyone asked me like I did like 10 interviews on various Japanese television stations asking about this I don't know where he's going I think <laughs> that's I said, all you said I said I my guess is the Dodgers because it makes the most sense and on paper yeah. but at the end of the day uh this guy's so unpredictable and 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 really I think anybody that says they think they know, like you see articles about like where he's most like like the teams that he's most like no, nobody knows. knows nobody knows, knows. I couldn't that, that, agree those, wherever that's coming from is from people that like the, that don't know that are speculating everyone's it's all like a speculation circle everyone's, right which is probably true of most players and circumstances but like it feels like it's never been more true than specifically with otani where truly they won't tell us anything about his surgery let alone leaks in his camp about like teams that he might be interested in like I'm laughing to myself hearing like someone reported like the Cubs are expected to be very aggressive in their pursuit of Otani. Okay, sure. great. The sun is hot. Water is wet. A good team with money to spend is going to go aggressively after Otani. Like yeah. seriously, that's news.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that you,
0: think, you can think of like 10 other teams, at least that will be quote very aggressive in their pursuit of Otani. It's what passes for news of the GM meetings at times outside of apparently everybody <laughs> getting sick. I Did you see this? I mean, the, that is of something of course. I that was a great story by Sports Illustrated Steph Epstein. Yes, Shout out. Sir. I never introduced Connor like this anymore, but Connor is, you know, the former baseball editor at Sports Illustrated. And he was, I don't know if Steph Epstein's I would say direct report. I don't know if that's accurate. But we're not getting into org structure here, but I will give Steph a very big compliment for finding just great, engaging stories that nobody else is telling. Really? does. always been great at that. There was a really you sent me this like in the playoffs um, where like I I, I was like, oh, was uh, Mike Hazen superstitious, uh, you know, nature? Yeah, it was the Diamondbacks GM, Mike Hazen, like that. He's like got these unbelievable superstitions. And I was like, this guy's like crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like everything people, fans joke about, about like laundry and wearing the same thing. Like, well, now the general manager of a team is literally doing the same stuff. And I honestly, and like, I couldn't believe get it. To an unhealthy level where I was like, I'm hoping he's getting therapy for this because they're like, this guy, he won't, he like will only listen to one song. Like, oh, I'm, that's right. <laughs> it's just some ridiculous stuff. But it was a great story. It was a great story. So, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So did you avoid the buffet at uh a hotel have, I or <laughs> fine. it was mostly outdoors? You know, I'm not sure how this virus gets. It sounds like it's a pretty nasty. Right. The people I stop know. shaking hands. Were you guys like bumping elbows? You know, I, I didn't even see it till like last night. And then um I went back there this morning just for a few hours. And, you know, no, yeah. all the GMs are just kind of like walking. Out. I was hoping that I can run it to Perry, talk to him. but Right. Was... Ask him where Otani going to sign. Ask him why he signed, why he, you know, why they decided to go with Ron Washington, but you know, oh well. (laughs) Um, for real, what we do know about Otani is that, from my view at least, my opinion is that he walks the path less traveled and what people believe to be the obvious decisions or likeliest decisions for him, such as going to the Dodgers or when he first came over from Japan and was hosting you know, getting pitches from all 30 teams. Like, you know, it'd be Yankees, Red Sox, like the biggest market teams. And then he ends up playing for the Angels. Like he does not do what people expect him to do. So in that vein, I'm expecting a dark horse to emerge. I agree with that. I, I think close yeah. at the end, even if it's Dodgers and dark horse and he goes with the Dodgers, like a dark horse could be, uh, I don't know, like uh, the Cardinals. That's Why not it. yeah, Cardinals, maybe like the Red Sox, just like some right. team I'm not thinking is, is gonna I mean, just because he loves like he loves Fenway Park, you know. Sure, never, exactly. Oh god, it. can you imagine if he goes to the Astros? Like, I don't want that. I'm actively putting out I don't want Otani to go to the Astros. Um I can am I can't root for things, but I'm not gonna say I disagree. I'm not gonna say that I disagree. <laughs> you don't disagree. Um right. So point being, I'm just expecting a couple out of nowhere teams to be very much in the mix. And yeah. I think that is a totally valid prediction. Um, and uh, I, I don't think like the whole world is waiting on this. And and when I right. say the baseball world and like all these other free, like we talked about Cody Bellinger and somebody yeah. asked Boris yesterday, like, well, you know, you're going to have to wait for a ton of you sign because, you know, and, and, and listen, yeah. he's like, he, in his mind. He's like, well, I'll F that, like um, they're different players. And like, that's my client. But I think in in just a logical way, yeah. I mean, you know, you might want to wait. Like, you know, you might teams that yeah. that might want to spend on him. Um, if they if they think Otani's out there, uh, they might not they might not put up that same offer, right? Like, or they might not be as interested. Yeah. I think that, you know, the second that he gets off, the second Otani's off the board, someone like Cody Bellinger is starting to look a lot better, right? Was so- Boris asked anything about Bellinger and the Angels? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was asked about Bellinger and the Angels. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I think he just basically said, you know, he's fit for any team. so Including the Angels. Including the Angels. But, I mean, in some, I mean, look, the Angels have a center fielder. That would be an interesting little dilemma. I think that they'd probably find a way to work through it. Probably wouldn't mean Nolan Shanabal well, heads back to A, maybe, but it's... Uh, you know if someone would have to go to first base and that would probably be bellinger but i mean listen if, if cody bellinger wants to go back to the uh, socal market in la as they say and, yeah yeah uh maybe that would, it would uh, be pretty funny if the dodgers lost out on lost out on otani and their consolation prize was paying cody bellinger like 200 million dollars <laughs> <laughs> yeah right they would be like eh, it's a drop in the bucket compared to you know the like i asked perry this and this is the one thing right i like i I I don't know. Like, I think he'd be beneficial to like answer this question with as much honesty as he possibly can provide. I said to him, because he said, whenever you ask a question about anything, he always goes, well, I don't discuss negotiations. And I asked him, regardless of negotiations, do you think that this team is in position to offer Otani a competitive contract? Now that's different, right? That's not negotiating Mm -hmm. anything. That's not giving away anything. That's just saying we're going to go after him. Yes or no. And he goes, He doesn't even answer. Just like, yeah, he's like, no, like, and I'm just like, (laughs) Harry, like, I mean, in my mind, I'm like, that can't say no to that question. If he says no to that question, he might as well hand in his letter of resignation. Why not say yes? What's the harm in saying say yes? If you're if you are if you are interested in in having him back on your roster, say yes to that question because you are because are they not going to offer him a, a competitive contract? Like now, I don't know the answer. Now I don't know if 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 Listen, I'm not, I'm not blaming him for it, because maybe he knows in the back of his mind, if he says yes to that, Artie's going to be mad at him for something, because maybe they, they aren't. Right. That's, that's right. why you create the questions when you don't answer the question. You create more of them at times. And so I think that, you know, I, I highlight that, because now I think it's ambiguous whether the Angels will even make the attempt to go after Otani. I mean, we saw the way they operated at the end of last season. They were desperate to get to low, below the luxury tax. Signing mm-hmm. Otani is going to mean right back going right back above it. So I don't necessarily know exactly where their heads are at with Otani. I know that they keep saying they want to get him back that they that they you yeah. know uh, it's their it's everything they're hoping and dreaming of. But just put it on that's put it on don't, you know don't yeah. don't don't leak that you're interested in resigning him. Don't say you're gonna make like say it to me say it to everyone like we want to sign him. I think that's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. I don't think you're violating any rules. I don't think that. Um, you know, you're you're doing you're anything. saying the obvious thing, yeah. the obvious thing that fans obvious you would think to fans who would think you're going to do everything you can to make the team as good as possible, which would be resigning your best player. It's very easy, to your point, to say yes. And when you don't do that, you're right. You create more questions by not answering the question. Well, it makes point. me wonder why he doesn't say yes. That's all. I'm, that's all. I'm, go right. In my head. right. So- it's totally possible they've already decided or that already has already told them. Thinking what the Otani bidding is going to get to that, like, yeah, we're not there. It's not happening. Yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't. And that it. if he wants to come back here, he can call us, but otherwise, you know, enjoy the dog and pony show. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think he's desperate to come back to the Angels of, without a competitive offer. It's very I mean, I don't know if he's coming back here even with the highest offer. We have no idea, but right, I think it certainly will take you know a competitive offer. And when I say competitive, it's it's matching you know to some extent whatever the highest bid is. And I don't know if that's, or or at least putting out something that that you know, initial offer that you believe to be competitive that probably upward of four hundred four hundred fifty million dollars, something in that range. So it's um, I, I don't know. Question: I have, a question. Be, I have yeah. a question I've been wondering about Otani, and I know specifically about his pitching, which you know that future is a little murky given the mysterious surgery he had, but I know he's a starter. Is there a world in which you could imagine? Otani being power hitter that he is and a closer. I don't know how that would work sometimes with like losing your DH in games. And- no, no, I'm not thinking about the logistics of it. I'm, um, well, I mean, the logistics are important. Sure. I don't want to totally discount that. But I'm just imagining a world where I feel like people are like, I mean, he's a really good pitcher. And I think what sticks out in my mind is that I think John Smoltz for just like it might even been a single year with the Braves, like for whatever reasons that I don't fully know, he was the Braves closer and he was like lights out. He was so good. And there's just part of me as a baseball fan that's had this fantasy of Otani. Maybe he doesn't have the stamina to, you know, throw six innings or he's wildly more effective as a one inning guy pumping. 105 in closing out games i don't know i just I think that think would be awesome yeah two tommy johns so you're right i mean i think that like you you get your elbow repaired twice or to whatever surgery he had you get your elbow repaired twice i think all these questions have to be on the table because i think even the possibility of him not coming back as a you know as a pitcher at all like i don't listen i know his that's yes. intention, but you have your elbow repaired twice that is there the unique that is a prove it type situation i don't care if you're shohei otani or, you know, whoever. Right. Like, yeah, it's a great example. I mean, look, I mean, and pitchers typically come back from from Tommy John, but two is not as always as easy. Um, you saw someone like Noah Syndergaard a year ago. I mean, this guy is basically out of the game at this point. You know, he want- had hmm. one. and It's not it's not an easy thing to come back from and it takes a long time. And so I uh, I think you're right. Like the possibility of him coming as a as, as a reliever, possibly to you know preserve his arm um in some capacity later on in his career might make a lot of sense um that's why i think you know i i I do wonder you know the contract that he gets like he's got so much leverage and value even even with the surgery that i don't know if if he can avoid having like an incentive based type of contract Mm -hmm. but i do wonder how much you know a team like the dodgers that you know probably not going to or certain teams aren't going to want to take the full-on risk of this guy not coming back as a pitcher at, at all or or mm-hmm. in the same capacity that he was when he was really good with the angels especially in 2022 um mm-hmm. and so we'll see i mean i don't know if there's going to be incentive i think you could have a contract with a lot of incentives that could get him up to you know well and above the highest paid player of all time but right. uh it's it's really that annoying. could also be what separates a dark horse team from maybe the expected teams is that you know the they, mariners come out of the blue with you know 450 mil guaranteed no questions asked no incentives that could really elevate you know their pitch i think that's a good point i think and that's why i'm saying i think he might have that leverage and and i think i'm not certain how many teams are aware of the surgery that he had or if they're if they're providing that information at all but again he's got leverage in the situation where if they say they don't want to give the they don't want to give that um you know that that medical information until he's actually going through the physical i mean you know, that's a whole other can of worms. So there's just, there's a lot, there's a lot, I think, that still needs to be determined with the contract, with the negotiating process, you know, with the teams that will want to be involved. But at the end of the day, he has so much power because everybody wants this guy. And mm-hmm. uh, all three teams, it's not a, you know, they're going to be, there are teams that are going to be really aggressive, as was written, obviously, which is right. what, like I said, what passes for news of the GM meetings. But it is interesting when you hear stuff like which teams are going to be super aggressive because it could signal something like you said then maybe bypassing incentive-based contracts for mm-hmm. a guaranteed type of deal. I'm wondering if you're a betting man and I offer you a bet that you can bet on on Otani going to the Dodgers, Cubs, or Red Sox. So you can bet on those three teams together or the field, the other 27 teams. I'd probably take the Dodgers over the field even just alone. Really? I just, I think, it makes, I just think it makes a lot of sense. It does. Um now that might be the same, not be the exact reason why he doesn't go there, but the fact that they keep failing in the playoffs, I feel like is like the reason why he might be like, let me go win a world series for them. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that's how we think sometimes, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the Cubs haven't been to the playoffs in a while, right? Like, I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe the, maybe he wants to go back to the angels. I think that anybody who's guessing is, is just doing that. And I'm, I fully acknowledge that everything we're talking about here is speculative because, anybody who's lying, anybody who says that they have insider information on this guy is almost certainly lying to you. I really, we were doing this right before we started the pod joking, but slash fantasizing about Otani signing with the Rockies. Oh yeah. Oh, we said that at the beginning of the pod. He's actually, about better, right, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the 650 foot bombs? This guy would hit at Coors Field.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, that one, was would, whole, no like, one
0: would care about his five-five ERA. He didn't, you know, he did not have a great um, home run derby there in 21. Oh, wow. Remember that that's was kind of what run. everyone was like, "Oh, Otani home run derby in Coors Field, like that's going to be a show." And he did obviously he put on a show, but wasn't um, it wasn't what everyone thought. Uh, All right, so maybe we'll it. see. Right, it'll be great watching him in Kansas City next year. Yeah. How about that? I think, yeah. I mean, I'm well, curious to see if he's you know really wants to get to, to Vegas in a few years. So he just signs with the A's for. for half. <laughs> I was gonna say if we leave the A's out of it, last thing for me at least. If we leave the A's out of it, who is the least likely team to sign Shohei Otani. That's you know, almost you know, you think of teams like the Rays, but the Rays sometimes do weird stuff where they're like, okay, they're good. Like I would, I wouldn't say the Red the Reds have a good young team. Like they're not the least likely. This is a really good question. I mean, it has. You know, I'm going to go with a wild card here. The Chicago White Sox. <laughs> oh, that's a great pick. That's a great pick. Don't spend on it. They can't even spend on their, their legendary, amazing broadcaster. What oh. the F was that today, man? I see you, you, the one good thing that the White Sox had. Jason Benetti. Literally one. I guess it's Jason Benetti and Luis Robert are the two best things going for the White Sox. And one and of J- them is gone now. Is, is, is better than Luis Robert, in my opinion. Jason <laughs> Benetti makes losing bearable. He like, that is what I've always, I, as someone that group grew up a Mets fan, I've always said that about Gary Cohen. I think it's the best compliment you can give a broad, a baseball broadcaster is they make you want to watch even when the team sucks. And that mm-hmm. is what Jason Benetti was for the Chicago white Sox fans. And um you know, we have a good friend, our friend, Brett Samuels, who's uh, covers the, the, the uh, white house for the Hill. He's the biggest white. He was like distraught today. You know, I don't blame him. I would be too. I'm kind of distraught and sounds like you are too. Because of Brett, but also just because of what White Sox fans lost, because they really don't have much of anything else. But they have this great broadcaster born and raised in Chicago. I have three ex-Angels coaches now that just for whatever reason they hired. So they got <laughs> they got the Angels hitting coach and pitching coach and catching coach from last year. So <laughs> they know how to find winners. Yeah. That's and for sure. They got, a lot of, uh, they got a lot of like former like Chris Getz, their GM is like hiring like all these Royals people like there's no two teams you want to construct an entire, you know, foundation on other than the angels. Right. right. When you mold the angels and the Royals together, what do you get? 63 wins. That's just, they're, they are a hopeless, hopeless effort. Like I always like, like sometimes I think the, the angels are like the most dysfunctional team in baseball. Like they just, there's just yeah. always something, but man, the white socks, they sometimes to me feel like just the dumbest. <laughs> I, I like just from a, like, what are we doing here perspective? Like what, right. is, like, I I just – I couldn't believe it. At least the Angels are interesting from, like, a turnover perspective. I mean, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn were there for, like, a generation and a half of teams, most of which lost. How do you let Jason Benetti go to the Detroit Tigers? (laughs) It almost sounds impossible. And this guy grew up a White Sox fan. Like, he is a White Sox. And that is – that's- you know what it's exactly like, and this came up over the summer when the Orioles broadcaster had his spout with uh, the team, is that John Miller, Giants Hall of Fame broadcaster, only made it to the Giants because the Angelos family, who owns the Orioles, w- weren't willing to pay John Miller what he deserved for being a, yeah, you know it. one yeah. of the best yeah. broadcasters in baseball. And, you know, they went public and said like, oh, well, you know, John didn't want to come back. And John said no. You didn't want to pay me, so I'm going to leave and go back to my hometown team, and, and uh, the rest is history. So the Orioles, I right. think that's what you know. If you're like th- these people, are the front facing, uh, like part of the operation, like you know. And right. I think the Angels, like for a lot for like a few years, there were really struggling to, like I think it was a big problem. I wrote about it a lot, like their inability to kind of find yeah. someone that they could establish as a play by play broadcast. They that's are how happening. fans interact with the yeah. game. Yeah. And I think the Angels have a really good one. And, and Wayne Randazza, we've seen that the last, you know, over the last year. And it's really important that you have somebody that, that, you know, can speak to you every night. And when you're losing, especially. And, and the, you had a guy like Jason Benetti and you didn't pay him every penny that he asked for is a complete joke, in my opinion. And then right. the White Sox are becoming an absolute joke more so than I think any team in baseball right now. Right. Like I so badly want to pull up the White Sox payroll find it like a backup second baseman who's making more money than whatever Jason Benetti was asking for. Cause yeah. whatever he was asking for was worth it a hundred times over. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best. And um, we're sorry, and, Brett. We're sorry. Right. And I bringing it back to the top. That's a great pick for the least likely team to sign Shohei Otani. Yeah. If and you're not all Jason Benetti, you're probably not right. Probably. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> right. It's yeah. Nothing, no notes. Um, very quickly, my pick will be the Washington Nationals, who are kind of for sale, kind of not for sale. I I think I think they are for sale. Um, but they also just I don't even know who's on their team. It's a bunch of former Padres and Dodgers prospects, and it would be kind of they hilarious. They got better. Or, yeah, they they won't even let Strasburg retire. So yeah. <laughs> So they, they can't sign Otani. They won't even let their former franchise icon retire. So they can't bring in a new one yet. So yeah. um, least likely team to sign Otani. Well, okay, another sign. former franchise icon is currently manning the IL for the Angels. So um, we'll end it there. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please, you know, go leave us a nice comment and, um, you know, review us hopefully five stars if you think we're worth it and uh we'll be back you know uh, people ask kind of how often we're doing this in the off season. i think kind of as news dictates it and as as you know uh you know other things dictate but uh we'll we'll be back eventually and hopefully uh you'll continue to you know wait the faded breath for our uh sweet sweet voices to fill your airwaves so thanks and uh yeah take care